Voice of Fintech. Welcome to Voice of Fintech, a podcast mapping out the Swiss and global fintech scene, connecting fintech enthusiasts with startups, incubators, accelerators, business angels and VCs, and incumbents interested in partnerships. Voice of Fintech will help you navigate the fintech ecosystem. Here you can listen to the startup founder stories, what investors and incumbents are looking for when dealing with startups, and find out more about resources provided by incubators and accelerators. My name is Rudy Fallad and I'll be hosting this podcast. Hello and welcome to Voice of Fintech. Today we're joined by Dennis, who is the Senior Vice President for Financial Services at Infosys, and he's talking to us from North Carolina in the US. And we're going to find out more what Infosys can do for you if you're a financial services firm, a bank, well, especially bank these days. How can they improve your loan process and uh, you know managing your loans and things like this? So I'm uh, happy to find out how we can do these sort of things smarter because hiring just more consultants to fill in spreadsheets is not going to cut it. We are in the 21st century, and Infosys is, is at the forefront of this. So uh, welcome, Dennis. How are you today? Very good. Thank you, Rudy, for having me on the Voice of Fintech podcast. Uh, really look forward to the conversation. Great. So can you tell us a bit more about yourself, Dennis? I mean, how did you get to be an SVP at Infosys in the U.S.? So I've been with Infosys for about uh, 15 plus years. It's been an exciting uh, journey, uh, you know, working with uh, various clients in financial services at the intersection of business and technology. And, uh, you know, what we do at Infosys is really help clients, right, transform the business, manage some of the complex uh, challenges like uh, the world is facing today and, and using the best technology. So I've been very grateful to be part of the Infosys journey over the years to get to where I am. I've played a variety of roles. I started in Asia, but then I worked in Europe for almost uh, 10 years. I was based in the Netherlands and now uh, about uh, five plus years in the US where I head our financial services uh, business uh, for North America. Right. So let's explain also Infosys at large, right? Because it's not necessarily clear for everyone who is just looking at the brands and the B2C sector. I know it from sponsoring tennis and providing technology for sports stats. So what is your product range and or your solutions, especially in relation to financial services? Absolutely. And certainly we, you know, we do a lot of great digital work around tennis, but that's not the only thing we do. We do a lot more than that, Woody. So I think uh, Infosys, you know, uh, is a global uh, digital services company. We provide consulting services, technology and operations uh, solutions uh, for our clients. We have certain platforms as well, which operate like uh, independent fintechs. So for example, we have uh, Finical, which is our banking platform, McKemish which is our insurance and retirement services platform and several other uh, automation and AI platforms. Uh, we work across uh, multiple different uh, industries, but banking and financial services is our largest uh, practice. You know, we have a, a huge uh, reach right, of uh, uh, what we impact in this uh, banking and financial services industry. So to give you an idea, the work we do uh, touches almost uh, 1 billion uh, end consumers of banking services. We manage uh, a mortgage book globally, which is uh, upwards of uh, $1 trillion. We manage global payments volumes, which are 
more than you know 50% of the total global payments right so the work we do really encompasses a very large scale uh, of uh, the banking world uh, uh, as it stands today we work with uh, banks uh, across the world we work with the large global banks we work with several uh, regional banks in the united states and in other countries uh, and we also work with a lot of uh, specialty financial services providers like uh, you know mortgage companies uh, wealth management companies and so on uh, we also work directly with several uh, fintechs so infosys truly is you know a global leader in uh, digital services and and that's what has helped us uh, grow significantly uh, in the last couple of years right and uh, as we kind of alluded to it the 2020 has been a challenging year for many all around the world uh, many governments provided loans to businesses to help them weather the lockdowns or the overall downturn in economy or guarantees many banks sharply increased their provisions and sometimes released them so obviously we are not health experts and we cannot change macro environment uh, too much but what can you do to help the lenders manage their uh, loan process better yeah so i think you know this is an interesting uh, time for the industry right uh, i think the level of uh, transformation and change in the last uh, uh, 10 months now has been unprecedented uh, it's almost like 10 years worth of work uh, is getting done uh, in in uh, 10 months uh, given that yeah. uh, the work that needs to be done specifically to uh, you know the uh, lending in the loan process uh, i think the entire approval process is usually uh, a big uh, roadblock for the lenders uh, you know banks want to increase the number of loan approvals from the incoming applications while you know reducing the default risk uh, and ensuring that there is a stable process and uh, you know automation ai ml techniques have been uh, helping banks uh, that are more progressive to enable this but uh, so we do see a significant amount of scope for digitization uh, in this space uh, you know banks have seen an increase in the mortgage volumes or the small business lending and so on and uh, you know the clients want to do all the work digitally right because of that it's really important to prioritize right what is the automation that can be done in the onboarding process what kind of documentation can be uh, done digitally and make sure that it is uh, uh, scalable uh, and i would say you know at the core of it uh, this is uh, a big data problem uh, and hence uh, it is really well suited for ai and machine learning as well um, as a you know a lender the more data you have about a borrower uh, how you know similar clients have paid back in debts in the past and other information not just the financial information non financial information as well the better you can uh, assess the risk and the creditworthiness uh, so we seeing a lot of uh, uh, you know uh, change happening in the industry where leveraging data and ai and ml uh, there is a transformation of the entire lending process and i believe that you know almost uh, 15% of the uh, funding for ai in banking is actually going into lending solutions because uh, that's where there can be a maximum impact Okay so let's dive into it and uh, look at it step by step actually uh, so let's start with loan applications right so how can we do it smoothly and obviously these days remotely and if you look at it from both lenders and borrowers perspectives maybe you can contrast to opening a bank account sometimes in some countries banks couldn't fathom that uh, they can open a bank account without meeting that person 
in person in a branch, right? And nowadays, when with a lot of fintechs, you can use AI, you can onboard people, verify the documents, their identity, even without meeting them. So when you apply th- this sort of issues to loan, applica- loan applications, how does that work uh, using your products? Yeah, so that's a great point, right? I think, uh, you know, I read somewhere that nearly 40% of uh, small businesses would want to choose a lender, at least uh, partially based on the anticipated speed of approval, right? So having a, a frictionless process, a seamless process is extremely critical for banks to grow revenues and, and do more loans, and which is what we are helping them with. Now, here are a few uh, considerations because uh, manual and you know paper-based underwriting really lacks consistency, accuracy, and it's very time-consuming. So really driving automation in the whole workflow uh, can help in ensuring that there's a consistent data flow at the stage of loan origination and quicken the overall process. Uh, you know, clients want or the end consumers really want uh, you know, close to real-time uh, applications, right, of how they can complete it using e-signatures, provide uh, digital IDs, uh, you know, submit the forms uh, online, uh, you know, provide required personal information can be pulled in from what the bank already knows and so on. So the entire onboarding process has to be converted from uh, weeks and days to literally a couple of hours and and that's what uh, you know we're working with uh, many of our clients on and have managed to uh, make that onboarding experience very very agile and seamless i think there is also uh, an opportunity to reimagine the experience uh, if i take uh, a mortgage as an example uh, as one of the lending products uh, you know the consumers are not just looking at uh, you know, it from a point of view of taking a loan, but it's actually buying the house and really everything that goes around uh, the lifestyle of uh, living in a house. So, you know, we have a concept of uh, living.com, which uh, we are, you know, uh, doing with some of our clients where uh, you help the uh, uh, the owner of the house, not just find the house, but also, uh, you know, uh, purchase essential services, whether it's insurance, whether it's handyman services and so on, and make that part. So getting the loan is just a step in the journey of actually living in the house. And that kind of, you know, really reimagines the entire process and creates a more engagement with uh, your end customers. There is also uh, a need for, right, in today's world when everybody is remote, nobody is, uh, you know, going to a branch or uh, interacting with the advisors so much, uh, there's a need to create a a human-like connected experience, whether it's through messaging or co-browsing or audio video related uh, formats and and that's another thing that we are working on to make the entire loan uh, application and onboarding process uh, simpler and then i'll finally say taking a, a step a bit forward right once the applications have been done uh, the the next step is really to look at uh, underwriting uh, and that's a space which is you know very complex but also very uh, uh, amenable to using uh, uh, artificial intelligence or AI based techniques of how you can you know capture and aggregate a lot of the available data and get uh, you know quick insights into the creditworthiness of the clients and really you know make right. uh, on time decisions which is what we did uh, for some clients for SBA PPP 
Right. So if I summarize it, uh, you know, in plain English, I would say what you're saying is you're automating the onboarding process, right? You get rid of the manual process. That actually has been a priority for many banks for a long time because it's not only about the customer experience, it's also about reducing operational risk and things like this, right? Let's say that we've all, uh, we've got it done, right? Even though I, I I did hear you said a few hours, I hope it's few minutes, but fair enough. Uh, so then the question is exactly the underwriting. So who gets a loan or who doesn't? And what I'd like to know is, you know, we also had all kinds of uh, issues and uh, studies showing that the AI algorithms sometimes the cement the biases that the people have that. Uh, wrote that, right? Whether that's based on uh, race or gender, and uh, then the underwriting process is skewed, and the obviously the uh, some people are denied the opportunities they would otherwise have. So how can we prevent that so that we actually don't use these algorithms to seem in something that should have been fixed, uh, to be honest? Yeah, so actually, you know, uh, AI can be the solution to that problem, right? Uh, many of the institutions are, uh, you know, turning to AI to uh, reverse uh, any bias or discrimination which was there in lending, which anyway happened even in a in a manual process where a lot of the credit decisions uh, were based on uh, potentially certain biases. Uh, and if uh, you know for the AI based engines, you provide the same historical data, uh, which is you know drawn from decades of uh, transactions that have happened, then if uh, you know those are left unchecked. Uh, it will continue to have the same bias. Uh, so I think uh, uh, what uh, we've helped uh, lenders is to you know use uh, AI almost like an, a challenger model, a challenger algorithm to identify and you know remove these biases uh, so that they are not just based on the historical data, but based on what the objective is. Right? If, for example, uh, in a particular uh, area, uh, a lender wants to make sure that more loans are dispersed to a certain segment of their clients, then the AI model should ensure that that happens and does not get uh, impacted by the uh, historical biases. Um, I think, uh, uh, you know, the there is a, a lot of uh, evidence, right, that lending decisions based on, uh, you know, ML-based systems uh, are actually more fairer uh, than uh, some of the ways in which it has been done uh, historically. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, it's all about you know fine tuning the models, taking out the historical biases, uh, making sure that the current objectives are built into the model. And uh, many lenders have done it very successfully. All right. So again, I'm just following the customer journey, or maybe a lender's journey. So let's say we've all done this correctly, or as much as we believe that we could, right? And then uh, we are monitoring the loan over the duration of the loan. And in the good old days, as, you know, let's say if you were in corporate, you just uh, follow the invoices falling due, whether the distributors were paying you on time or not. And if uh, they didn't, then you send them a reminder. And this was separated from a sales function. So you have a different relationship with credit control, etc. But uh, how can you use AR to uh, have better alert systems? In other words, can you pick up signals that there's something wrong with your client or with the borrower more quickly and uh, therefore be more efficient in uh, managing the loans even after you've already managed man- you know made a decision to to lend lend out the mon- lend the money out yeah i think that has become a key factor right to uh, resu- reduce the defaults and make sure that the quality of the loan portfolio remains healthy 
you know, traditionally, uh, as we've seen, a lot of the banks do a post-mortem uh, analysis, right? Uh, and see what has uh, gone wrong. But now it is much more proactive and uh, uh, real-time. Uh, so, for example, you know, banks want to move away from just a broad industry sector view, whether it's oil or real estate or so on, to a real subsector view. And finally, within that, uh, you know, a very uh, uh, low-grained borrower view and come to that to identify on almost a real-time basis uh, whether that particular sex subsector and borrower have been you know, impacted and become critical due to uh, any changes in the environment, especially around the uh, COVID situation. Uh, you know, the, each industry and subsector in a particular region is responding very differently. And that what, that's what needs to feed into the loan monitoring system as well on what could be the potential uh, default-related issues. So, you know, we've helped um, many of the banks develop what we call the probability of default or the PD models. Uh, mm -hmm. And that, you know, uses data across various dimensions uh, and provides the real-time insights. And, and really uh, look at, you know, uh, something that can be also actionized quite immediately. Uh, and that, that is about, you know, reaching out to the borrowers, offering them help and so on. Um, so I think the, you know, uh, banks are really benefiting from developing a detailed and more, uh, you know, near real-time understanding of the financial health of their customers. And that granular level of understanding will really help uh, to ensure that you are responding very quickly and making sure that the loan losses are mitigated as much as possible. Great to hear. However, sometimes there's nothing you can do and you end up with a bad loan, right? How can you help to manage it? Uh, is there any way that you can leverage technology to manage a bad loan? Uh, maybe try to still recuperate the losses, or you know whatever you can do, right? Uh, in that situation, so uh, can you explain a bit how the technology here can help? Certainly, I think, and this is a, a great area of focus, right? In today's time, where you know you can have the best of credit decisioning capabilities, but the environment is so dynamic that uh, defaults uh, can still happen. And you know, traditionally, banks used to apply a very standard default management strategy, a one-size-fit kind of an approach, uh, which would not really face the test of uh, uh, today's uh, environment. Uh, so, I think what we are trying to do now with many of the banks is really do a, a you know well defined risk segmentation of the various uh, portfolios almost at an individual uh, borrower level uh, also you know do an early prediction right uh, of what are the default buckets how which uh, consumers will move from a 0 to 30 to a 30 to 60 kind of a, a default uh, payment uh, bucket uh, also identify the right collection strategies uh, that for a particular segment, uh, what is the right collection strategy? And within that segment, for that individual customer, uh, what is the right format uh, based on historical data? Does he or she respond better to an email or a call or a chat at what time? And then, uh, you know, fine tune the strategy for collection mm -hmm. based on that. So we, we actually implemented this live for one of uh, the regional banking clients and, uh, you know, and they tested it with using a manual process versus an AI-based model uh, for collections. And they actually saw uh, 100 basis points improvement on the roll rate movement uh, because of using uh, AI-based predictive model. 
so it not just helps in you know improving collections it reduces costs associated with the collections and it also improves the customer experience because if somebody is generally already paying always paying late but 3 days late just as an example but been very very regular in their payments then there is no need to send them collection notices every month and that is the kind of you know experience transformation also that this model will help all right good well it sounds like a lot of work obviously in difficult times because the the loans to smes as i said as bailout or help packages have increased overnight uh in in any case it's it's a huge volume so we're talking about the mortgages as well but i would be also interested if we if we raise up the the challenge level maybe a bit of, a, a little bit and think about the global trade right and export or trade finance i mean can you use this as well because uh that's why we had some instruments in the past and we still have them right like letters of credit and bank guarantees that people use to mitigate risk because they really don't know how to manage it better when you talking about customers in another country but nowadays when you have all this data digitally available all around the world can you use uh, some of these solutions as well in kind of international space as well yeah in fact i feel that you know the international trade finance space is actually one of the most uh, manual and uh, you know uh, document oriented uh, process and hence exactly. uh, it has a lot of uh, uh, possibility uh, if i you know give you an example i mean this is a space where extending ai ml uh, and other technologies i think some good work has been done also using you know distributed ledger and blockchain technologies right so for example uh, in india uh, infosys has created a consortium of uh, uh, around 15 banks now uh, to manage the entire trade finance process uh, and the technology for that is based on uh, distributed ledger and you know infosys uh, powers that technology and through that uh, you know all the exchange of uh, documents related to trade finance activities uh, both uh, import and export is facilitated through this uh, uh, integrated trade finance platform now it and and as you realize uh, you know a lot of information on collaterals on you know various uh, uh, client onboarding and all is reusable across uh, different banks and hence it really reduces the effort required uh, all the documents are digitized and using ocr technologies you can actually extract information from those documents quite uh, well so that also helps and most of all it's a revenue opportunity for banks because through this banks are getting visibility into the entire supply chain if a bank is lending to a large uh, uh, enterprise firm and to that having visibility into the buyers and suppliers uh, of that company uh, they are able to offer more products uh, to the large enterprise firm and others in the supply chain so it's really helping in driving efficiencies uh you know digitizing the documents and creating more uh, revenue opportunities uh, for the banks okay good to hear but we talked about banks a lot but what kind of banks are your key clients in other words are they big banks or or regional banks as well or community banks in america uh international or domestic or all of them but you know who are the key clients that you think are the best position to use your technology right now so it's a combination of all right so we work with uh, you know most of the global banks in the us for example we work with nine out of the uh, you know top 10 uh, us banks by asset size uh, mm-hmm. but uh, we've also been very focused on the 
uh, regional banking and the mid uh, tier sector because i think uh, uh, you know as the large and the global banks continue to uh, invest in uh, technology and digitization uh, the mid sized banks are also uh, having the same kind of focus you also see a lot of mna happening in this space uh, you know in the last uh, couple of months uh, several mergers and acquisitions have been announced between the regional banks and hence uh, you know helping them with the post mna integration and technology transformation initiatives is uh, a big uh, uh, focus for us and we've also signed recently some great partnerships with the likes of uh, uh, vanguard uh, and old national bank and a lot of other uh, mortgage servicing companies as well uh, which are some of the you know special sectors that we focus on great so if i work in a bank and uh, i wanted to get rid of manual processes and I, for whatever reason i'm still doing get there so now i hear this and i'd like to use uh, your technological solution so how what's the best way to get in touch and find out more we are a truly digital organization as we should be uh, you know we uh, you can certainly reach out uh, to our website uh, and uh, also have a lot of information about the work we do and the thought leadership that we provide on our website but we are also very active on social media in fact that's a channel that we use extensively to engage with our clients so whether it's linkedin or twitter uh, under the hashtag at infosys or you can reach out to me uh, at dennis gada d e n n i s g a d e and uh, would love to uh, engage with you uh, for us you know it's really about uh, driving uh, thought leadership uh, in the industry and helping our clients you know really digitally transform themselves Brilliant. Well, thank you Dennis and good luck to Infosys. Thank you Rudy. I really enjoyed the conversation. So, thank you for having me on your podcast. Thank you for listening to Voice of Fintech podcast. If you haven't already, check out also voiceoffintech.com where you will find all the episodes and additional resources related to the podcast. You can also subscribe to Voice of Fintech on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any other podcast app that you like. If you have any suggestions on the topics or guests or how to make this podcast better for you, please email us at info@voiceofintech.com. At Happy to hear from you. Thank you.